Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. Welcome into the Asylum Studio for a little chaos and disorder. We are Fligger and Briggs minus Fligger. So tonight you have the rare treat of Briggs and Finkelstein. Yay! <laughs> That's not quite what I had in mind with the, with the yay there, but we'll take it. Brought to you tonight by our great sponsors and good friends, Dead Sled Coffee and the Chop Shop of Butler. Thank you, Andy Frantman, for the great intro. You can find Andy on TikTok and Facebook at Bronco Swanson. The great music is always brought to you by Rival Lovers. You can find them on YouTube and elsewhere, but more specifically, where? Bandcamp. Yes, and on Twitter at Real Rival Lovers. And you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Podchaser, just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can contact the show at chaosanddisorderpod at gmail.com. Facebook, Chaos and Disorder Podcast, and on Twitter at chaosin, that's an N, disorder. Don't forget to find our total history, probably about a decade's worth of our delightful shows at asylumfantasysports.com. Mr. Finkelstein. How are you this evening? I am delightful, sir. And how are you? Well, I'm I'm taken back a little bit. A smidge? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I got rid of Fligger this week. And now you walk in. I walked in, yes. Minus the sideshow Bob look, and now you have a Fligger haircut. And quite frankly, I'm aghast at the whole situation. Well, I... Deep down, I just miss him. I thought I, I'd bring a little bit of him to the show. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Didn't no. expect that one, did you? <laughs> no, not in the least. Now, oh, his head's already up like a balloon. He's puffing <laughs> his chest out and opening a Larry's lemonade, probably not. Oh, for sure. So, He's anyway. Six pack deep. Well, yeah, no doubt. I would hope so. He's probably three <laughs> inches face down in the sand, I would hope. Well, we had a heck of a storm just before we come on the air around here, and uh, thankfully the power's still on. And here's your weather report. It's still raining. Still raining. Still storming. Thank you, weatherman Finkelstein. Did you happen to uh, see the Conor McGregor fight? I didn't actually see the fight, but I saw right. the the snap bones. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, pretty ugly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty gross. Uh, I was kind of shocked that Connor laid there, well, sat there and ran his mouth and uh, made all of his usual comments and set up his next fight and. Now his trainer's coming out, I don't know if you saw today, and said that he had an ankle injury going into the fight. Yeah, there's always an excuse. Always. Always an excuse. From broken ankles to destroying vans and whatever the case may be with Conor McGregor, there's always an excuse. And, yeah. you know, you have to hand it to him, though. He keeps himself visible. Very much so. You know, and he, he's raking in the, the jack. There's no doubt about that. 
I feel that when he got that first check cash, that first big check, that was his downfall. Because, you know, you, you go out there and you're fighting to pay bills. And right. once you are fighting to buy your second Lear jet and your fourth Rolls Royce. In a exponentially greater fashion he his career reminds you a little bit of ken shamrock once he got into the wrestling biz he was almost a caricature of himself yeah and but mcgregor's still you know in the in the ufc and he's just runs his mouth and does stupid things and even when he loses embarrassingly not really embarrassingly, but I mean decisively with that broken ankle. Okay, you know, just shut up and yep. you know <laughs> rehab. But no, you can't do that. Yeah, and I guess he actually cut another promo this morning, uh, post surgery, and starting his recovery. It's like, man, he just he he should be in the WWE next, just for entertainment value and cutting promos. Because, I mean, he's done in the UFC. You would think, right? I mean... But, but how would you market him in WWE? Um, you know, when a... They're, re- they're releasing six foot nine Braun Strowman. Yeah, and And I, mean, I, I just don't know how. So how do they bring somebody like this in? You're right. AEW. He should get a- <laughs> yeah, that's a little better. But, um, you know, this is, we're halfway through July, almost training camp. Getting closer. But, you know, last week on the show, and, you know, regrettably, it was right after the 4th of July, we failed to mention, and and I'm leading up to something here, so, you know, we failed to mention, you know, our, our people in the service overseas and everything, you know, defending our country and appreciating what they do. So, you know, to all that, you know, you know, thank you so much for, for that. But I was looking at our stats okay, again, which, again, are, which are steadily on the rise. Thankfully, thank you all. But now, not only has Bulgaria dropped to a dismal fifth. 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 Wow. There is a new second place country, and we actually happened to mention them, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, something like that. Spain, look at that, has overtaken every other country but the United States in listening to chaos and disorder. That's awesome. And and what were we doing before the show? We were actually speaking Spanish to each other. We were. And but anyway, I, I I'm getting off on there. But thank you all the, our Spanish friends. What you know, get the word out there. But you know, getting back to the people in the military, you know, we used to be. Uh, Fligger and I, we used to be on the Armed Forces Network. Yes. And we actually had a successful show on there for, I don't know, a couple of years until the whole changeover thing, whatever happened. Don't really know what exactly happened, but we ended up losing that gig. But we were always very appreciative of all the men and women in the armed services listening to us. So that just brought to mind. There's a good friend of my son's. You know, old Jimmy D. I'm going to call him out here. You know, I've Uh-oh. known him since he was a little shit. He's over in Italy right now. He's stationed over there. I appreciate everything you do, Jimmy. But I tell you what, you need to start listening. You need to start get the word out to all, 
your buddies in the service and everything around it. We need to get Italy moved up. You know, we need to get everybody in armed forces. We need to start a movement. I want this chaos and disorder movement to dwarf the Alice's Restaurant entire massacre <laughs> movement. Okay, let's do this. Let let wait. Is Jimmy D the top shelf listener? No, but I'm oh. sure hoping he becomes the top notch listener. All right, all right. But Jimmy, you know, you're on notice, Mister, and uh, you know. And I can get word to him because he's always gaming with my son, you know, on the old microphones and all this, that, and the other. So I'm calling you out, Jimmy. Let's get the word out. <laughs> Chaos and disorder needs to take over the military here. In a friendly way. Friendly well, way. Not, not a military coup. No, <laughs> not a military coup, no. Well, with that being said, I uh, mirror your sentiments to the men and women sorry we're a week late on that one and with that what do you got this week there's all kinds of things obviously the number one thing in my mind is the british open the open it's the british (laughs) open as a matter of fact i was looking at at some of the um the more interesting pairings in the first two days okay So I looked them up on CBS Sports, you know. It's listed as the British Open. Oh. So, I mean, you know, let's just keep it what it is. (laughs) But actually, there are, the first couple of days, I was actually, what prompted me to look was, will they put your boy DeChambeau and Kepka together, which they did not. I I think they're saving that one. That's a back pocket one. But Brooks Kepka is actually playing with, Two jabronis I've never heard of, Jason Kokrak and Garrick Higo. Higo. Kokrak, I've heard of. Uh, Another good, your boy, DeChambeau, is playing with Jordan Spieth and Brandon Grace. Uh, Shane Lowry, John Rahm, and Louis Oosthuizen should be an interesting pairing. Sounds like a good one. Or trio, whatever. Dustin Johnson is playing with Justin Rose and Will Zalatoris. Oh, that's actually that's one I think I would be interested I, yeah, in watching. Yeah, I like that one. And I like Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood, and Adam Scott. I think that's a I, very yeah, nice those, one. Those last two, those are. And Rory is playing with Patrick Reed and a Cameron Smith. So all that being said, there there's some interesting pairings, but. I wanted to get to some odds, which are always fun to look at, you know, because you are Mr. Bet. 24-7. I mean, Alejandro texts me and laments on how much money he loses all the time. But anyway. Lose it all. John Rahm, 15-2. to Okay. Or you can go plus 750. (laughs) If you want to do the new math on betting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Here, here's Brooks Kepka, 16 to 1, which is plus 1,600. Same thing. Shoffley, 18 to 1. Justin Thomas, 18 to 1. And Spieth is 18 to 1. Rory is next at 22 to 1 after somebody stole his club and <laughs> club head. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. The guy did get arrested. 
Uh, Dustin Johnson at 25 to 1, and rounding out the favorites up to 30 to 1 is Louis Oosthuizen and Victor Hovland is at, actually at 30 to 1 as well. Hovland's that one that I always bring up, a little bit of a, a sleeper. It's, somehow always gets into like the top 10. Now, if you want to throw, you know, say just a a C note on a uh, wild card here, you know, you could go with uh, Sam Forgan at a thousand to one. I might might consider that one. It's considered. Do you know anything <laughs> about Sam Forgan? Nope, I got nothing. How about Christopher Bring? Nope, I know Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Cross. <laughs> Christopher Cro- Columbus. <laughs> crisscross yeah um richard t lee is a thousand to one t lee richard t lee lee t period lee yes middle name t t lee as in the drink t well (laughs) it could be plausible t for texas there you go (laughs) another one that i always bring up is abraham answer He's at uh, plus 7,000. Mickelson, plus 8,000. Ah, a major winner is 80 to 1. I I would not be able to pull the trigger on that one. How about Adam Scott? He's 75 to 1. That's plausible. Answer is 70 to 1. Um, Ian Poulter is 80 to 1. He's always in contention, falls apart. Garcia is 60 to 1. And if you guys are interested, you can look it up. Uh, you can find them anywhere. Patrick Reed, 33-1. to 1. But I'm looking forward to the British Open. It's my tournament. I can watch it early in the morning, and, <laughs> and then it's over, and I can still have my day. There you go. I, the, the, uh, the Open, the British Open, as we were discussing earlier, uh, they made it a point to bring out that this course – quirky it's got (laughs) exactly yeah of course it's quirky it's It's, over in the uk they all are and that's what i was bringing up was the the fact that why are they specifying that this course compared to all the other courses have quirks in it yeah like we talked before like royal troon doesn't or saint andrews doesn't royal burkdale doesn't Right, those those are not quirky courses. Apparently not. No, just no. straightforward. It's nothing substantial about them. No. Nothing that would throw off a play. Reminiscent of Oakmont, Firestone, something of that nature. Nothing like that. No, nope. nothing at all. Not not fifteen foot deep bunkers or uh, grass higher than you and I standing. Nothing like that. Did you ever see those old bunker, you know, those bunker faces? They look like chunks of yeah. blocks. You know, that's all that is, is sod over years built up. Really? That they lay, yeah, that they that they would put on those things. They just keep layering it, layering it, layering it. Yeah. Huh. Did not know that. Very interesting. And if you need a ladder to get down in a bunker, that's deep. <laughs> it always shocked me, like, the number of people that you're looking, you're two, three feet away from that face and they take a hack at it like i i can i can lob this up over that 15 foot ledge yeah which gives you a 15 foot rise in about 2 feet right yeah. right 
But yeah. Oh, don't tell me that's Flieger calling. It is. We're going to try something new. Probably knee deep in Larry's lemonade. Are you there, Mr. Flieger? Why, in fact, I am. Well, we figured you would either be A, calling in a bit late, or B, face down on the beach puking up Larry's lemonade. Or C, all of the above. boys. <laughs> I'm glad you got your mouth clean, wiped off, and now you can talk to us for a few minutes. And more so importantly. You me that ideal time. As we talk, it's what, about 5.30 p.m. on the East Coast. This is where I make my gradual transition from Larry's Lemonade to beer. Oh, there you go. I was waiting for bourbon or moonshine. I'm not sure what kind of... Uh, no, he's very violent on liquor, so he, he, he stays away from that. Um... What kind of weather are you having down there, Mr. Flieger? We just went through a horrific thunderstorm, and we're lucky we still have power. It is every single day approximately 178 degrees and sunny. Nice. And humidity? Oh, 100%. 103%. (laughs) Sounds like Larry's lemonade weather. Indeed, and I, I have had several. I'm not good at math. But what I know is when I got up this morning, there I had a lot of Larry's Lemonade, and now I have zero Larry's Lemonade. <laughs> I like the way you do math. Yeah. So I, I have quite I have quite enjoyed the day. Well, that's one good thing that you are, albeit not accurate, but you're good at subtracting. That's what I do, my takeaways. So I have to tell you, your squigglies are amazing right now. So you, you expect me to believe this is actually going to go out over the air. Well, so far we've been factual. Yes, we're so factual. So there's no chance it hits the um, air. You just you called in. You you obviously didn't hear anything, and we've already covered the open. Um, but Alejandro actually came up with a little article that labeled Royal St. George's as a quirky golf course, and we were trying to figure out which English golf course or Scottish golf course isn't quirky well to us uh us heathen americans aren't they all quirky bingo <laughs> i'm glad you agree so now let's move on there was a study um done and i came across it today and it's nothing that you and i and Alejandro haven't talked about many times but it's kind of nice to see it publicly i don't know you know printed that your alcoholism no they actually (laughs) did a we talk about that a lot they actually did a film study of last season with ben roethlisberger and he was 95 percent accurate in telling what play the steelers were going to run by his uh feet placement whether it be a run or a pass. And they, they went through the entire season, and 95% of the time it was a tell whether it was a run or a pass. You know what? That's dumb, and let me tell you why. Because 95% of the time he took a one-step drop and threw it into the slot, whether anyone was there or not. You didn't have to watch any film to know that. That study is bullshit. Next. <laughs> or an RPO run pass option i know what that is <laughs> the look that i just got <laughs> did he give you a dirty look a little bit are you drinking today 
Which which one of us? Well, I know you're drinking oh. the old one. I'm drinking Gatorade. So this is two weeks in a row of teetotaling, and I saw you bragging it up on Twitter. Do you have an announcement to make? Are you sober now? I am always sober. That's that's <laughs> not true. Why, I why am you? thoroughly disgusted. Why are you teetotaling? Because I feel like it. I don't. I don't like it. I, I feel like you're angry. And I don't care. I feel like you're angrier when you don't drink. I am. And you know why? Because number, you're not drinking. Well, no, because at, at, at the beginning of the show, I was very happy that you weren't here. But to my dismay, Alejandro comes walking down into the studio presumably hiding from janitor Mitch because I didn't hear any uh, tussle upstairs. He's down here with me. I was going oh, to wonder make, where he was. Okay. Anyway. I'm trying to make good with him, so I brought him to the beach with me. That he looks boy. good with his shirt off, let me tell you. <laughs> like DeChambeau. But anyway, here he, he comes into the studio with a haircut that looks just like yours. Did you go high and tight there, Finkelstein? I did indeed, sir. I did indeed. Fine. I bet he looks smarter. More handsome. <laughs> debonair. No, actually, he <laughs> looks like Hillbilly Jim with a haircut. <laughs> you won't start carrying a two-by-four everywhere you go. Now, that was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Let's get accurate here. Get, get another Larry's Lemonade. I've had a few Chardonnays. What of it? So what have you been doing since you uh, went on vacation, besides well, besides drinking? Well, I, I have a very strict protocol. As you know, I'm very disciplined, Rick. And so in anything I do, there's strict protocols. So here's vacation. I get up in the morning, and I go to the beach, and I now drink Larry's Lemonade. I used to drink uh, Daly's Frozen Drinks. Now I switch to Larry's. So there has been a deviation. And I sit there until I can't take it anymore. And then I come and I sit in the pool and I drink more Larry's lemonade. Quick interruption. When you say you can't take it anymore, is it the heat or the people? Well, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Generally the heat, but the people can do it. And then when I'm done with that, I go to the pool. I drink more what I like to call day drinks, whatever the flavor of the week may be. And then I eat dinner and then I sit on the porch and I drink beer. And then I go to bed and I do that seven times and then I come home. That sounds amazing. It, it's a good vacation. Huh. I like this vacation you speak of. We, we should take the show on the road next year. You might as well. You go every other week anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm done for now. I might have to try to squeeze one in August, maybe draft weekend. <laughs> yeah, you and Tony can go on vacation together. The human rain delay. That was exactly. a well-placed shot, sir. Well done. So let me tell you, it is still a miracle that I made it on the show today because I do want to, we usually do Rick Briggs tweets and there's some good ones, but I'll save them for next week when I'm back in studio, but we could start a new segment called Finkelstein's text messages. So here's the test text message I got. So granted it worked. I'm on the air, right? But here's what it says. It's Tuesday. We are starting either facts or it gets online. What the hell does that mean? Well, the last time we were, by ourselves the facts were not factual but it got online whereas this week we're going to try and you know be factual and it probably won't be online 
well, that that's overselling it. But that text message was nonsensical, and I didn't care for it. Well, just just to let you know that uh, you know you're not the only um, Johnny come lately because Alejandro and I have been uh, discussing a new show feature as well. Oh, and, and, all right. And that will um, that will probably debut in the next week or two. Do I get a preview, or is it going to be a surprise? It'll probably be a surprise, kind of like what you always do to me. It would be a surprise if you two drunks remembered to do it. That would be the surprise. I wrote it down. (laughs) We we lost the paper, but we wrote it down. (laughs) All right, let's get on with the show here, mister. We can't uh, just talk about you and drinking Larry's lemonade on the beach all night long here. How's your Scott Fishbowl draft going? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. We are in, oh, gee whiz, it must be about round 16. Why don't you uh, go ahead and pad a little bit. I'm going to pull mine up if you happen to remember some of yours. Well, my my team doesn't matter. It's just I, I want to reach out to Scott one of these days and formally petition to have my division name changed from the Roots division to the Oh Fuck It division because these guys hate drafting. Nothing they can stand about drafting whatsoever. And why do you say that? Because they each choose to take seven hours and 58 minutes to make a selection. Oh. So we so. are on We are on round 17. In fact, I am actually up at 1707. But if you're interested, I will give you my roster right now. And I've... Did some gambling, quite frankly. Uh, Well, we talked about the quarterback run that went early, so I kind of gambled with Aaron Rodgers. He is my first quarterback. I also have – it's a two-quarterback league, so – and a tight end premium, just for people to know. But I got Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and I actually got Drew Locke as a third one. Uh, Just not much left out there. My running backs are Cam Akers. Miles Gaskins, Melvin Gordon. I got Latavius Murray and Tariq Cohen right now. My receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Cole Beasley, T.Y. Hilton, and Paris Campbell. And I've got Travis Kelsey and Adam Troutman at tight ends right now. Doesn't sound good for you, Rick. I got to be honest. That is one thing that you just never know in the Scott Fishbowl. It's sometimes when you think you've really loaded up, it doesn't seem to pan out. So I'm just hoping for the best with the, that most of these guys can stay healthy throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. mine on top of literally making one pick every four and a half days, which kind of throws me out of the loop uh, of the whole thing. These guys are weird. Like, nobody – I made sure to load up on tight end relatively early, and these guys refuse to draft tight end. So I've got – And you might be gone. But uh, – Well, we are losing you. So if you've moved, go back to where you were. Not moved. I am sitting – must be the storm it must be the storm but anyway 
That is what I have right now in the Scott Fishbowl. And it's, you know, like Rick says, not looking real well. I mean, I've got uh, some solid players, but there's a lot of gambling going on there. Aaron Rotten, oh, here he comes again. Just can't stay away, can you? Let's try this again. You got me now? Yep. Indeed. Dummies over there pushing buttons. I haven't moved. Pop, sitting topless poolside, T-O-P-L-E-S-S. I am good to go right here. I feel like that was a song reference that I should know. Travis Tritt. Look it up. I don't think I need to. Wait, were you trying to go with T-R-O-U-B-L-E? Oh, yeah, that was Travis Tritt. Who was the topless guy? <laughs> that was a song, too. God. Uh, anyways, your team, sorry. Well, no, my team stinks. Who cares? What are we talking about tonight? Well, we were listening to you lament, sort of, about they quit drafting tight ends, and then we kind of lost you. Yeah, that's all they do. They don't draft any tight ends, and so there's no flow to it. I, I don't know what to make of it. So in four days when I make another pick, we'll see what happens. I thought this was a tight end premium league, though. It is. It is. They hate to draft, and they hate to follow the scoring system. So I, bully for me, I guess. Yeah. So who are your tight ends? Oh, I don't remember. Hold on. i got to go to the app. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Nah, because I, I waited the first couple <laughs> rounds thinking I was being bold. Andrews, Gasecki, and Ingram. That's not bad. I got Ingram in the 10th round. You can't stay away from him. <laughs> you can't. No, no, I can't quit him. I can't. He's my Bubba Franks. Yeah, he's your Bubba <laughs> Franks. He's your uh, Darren McFadden from years yeah. past. Old uh, listeners of the Asylum will get that reference. Speaking of that, I see you tweeting out we're doing the Asylum show next week. Well, Is it yes, like a full show? Of course we're doing the Asylum show next week. So I got to start paying attention to football again? Well, I would hope that you were since you're in the Scott Fishbowl drafting Travis Tritt for tight end, but apparently you're not. So start, hey, just re a, start just reading up. A, just as a uh, PSA for everybody out there, if you look up T-O-P-L-E-S-S -S on Google to try and find out who sang it, those aren't the results you're going to get. You may enjoy them, but, you may enjoy them, but don't do it at work. <laughs> yeah, at least not on their computer, right? Right, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so hard lesson learned. It's like looking up dicks.com. Yeah, yeah, Dick's make sure you goods. search for Dick's Sporting Goods. Very important to put that Sporting Goods in there. We've all learned that lesson. At work. Oh, well, so we're done well, with the Scott Fishbowl. Start paying attention from here on out because until, you know, probably at least mid-January, we're going to be talking to football. But what are we going to do? Is, it, is there going to be a structure to it, or is it just going to be this bullshit where we just ramble on incoherently? Well, we're only rambling incoherently because you keep fading out. You're drinking a bunch of Larry's lemonade, and you're 600 miles away doing nothing. It's, it's a pretty good day. I won't lie to you. Did you get them as a sponsor yet? No, I need to track them down. It's the, uh, the St. George Brewing Company in Hampton, Virginia. You've got Virginia roots, Rick. Why don't you hunt them up? I don't think that's my job. You're you're drinking it. You're familiar with the product. Yeah, but you're the uh, you're the face of the organization. Yeah, I'm the talent. 
Finkelstein's the button monkey, and you're PR from what I remember. <laughs> and if anyone's, <laughs> and if you've seen the logo, our logo, look at the one on the upper right. That's the face of the organization. The face. <laughs> You're the face. You're PR. You're a front face. <laughs> I certainly can't do it because you've seen me among strangers. I get uncomfortable. The button monkey's too drunk most of the time to do it, so you're going to have to do it. You like to just ramble on with strangers, thus the, the Briggs Twitter uh, segment every week. So, Indeed. So, I mean, while, we're, uh, while we have you on the show, I was almost ready to fold up uh, – or little, you know, back and forth on the NBA Finals, and then the Bucks came through in Game Three. I still think they're out match. Quite frankly, they just—I tell you what—it's going to take more than one guy to keep them, keep them, to, or take them to a title. Well, I mean, watching the other night, and I did watch it most of it. I was in and out, but but here's the thing, and it's what we talked about last week, right? If Phoenix isn't hitting shots, they cannot match up inside. They had nothing for Giannis if they did try to. I mean, they're, they've got Cam Johnson matched up with Giannis. That isn't going to fly. No. And even if they, even if Aiton wasn't in foul trouble, then Brooks Lopez would go off. It has to be they got to hit shots. What, Brooks Lopez was three for 16 at one point. I earned Brooks Lopez. Jesus Christ. Uh, Devin Booker, three for 16 at one point. If they can't shoot, they'll lose. If they're shooting 45% from the field, they'll be fine. And they just they couldn't hit that night. I, I still think this is Phoenix in a walkaway unless their shooting completely goes away, which happens, but yeah, it's they, they just can't match up inside. No, there's no question about that. But, you know, we saw Giannis, what, the 41 points, Holiday the 21. Uh, nobody else really did a lot. I mean, Middleton put up 18 points, but he's 6 for 14 from the field. You know, they're going to – you just have to be a little more balanced. You, I, I don't think – especially like you said, if Phoenix starts shooting, you know, the, the inside game won't – you know, it, it's not going to be a pace that they can um, keep up with, I don't think. I mean, so, somewhere along the line, they're going to make an adjustment to Giannis if they can. And I, I guess that's the thing. Is that a possibility when it gets right down to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no, it's not really a possibility you know, to match up there. But I do think the more likely possibility is that Devin Booker has at least two more good shooting days out of the next four games, and then Phoenix wins the series. You hey, know, I'm, so starting great- to, I'm starting to have flashbacks to the um, Sunday morning inside slant when we had Scott Fish on, where it sounded like he was always cooking breakfast and doing the dishes at the same time when we were talking, and that's what it sounds <laughs> like with you. Well, you would be happy to know the two of yous and our 11s of listeners got to hear the official transition between Larry's Lemonade and Yingling Flight. I had to make a beer run. I, I called it. I signaled to Briggs that there was a can crack in there. Yep. Yeah, the, you, you heard the official transition. Congratulations, everyone. This is a moment only generally shared by my poor family. So quick question. Did you hear that come through on your side? Did I hear what? Exactly. We, I think we just... Uh, our, our crack producer has gotten I, the board where we can't hear it. I, I gave you an official yay for your your cracking of a beer, 
but I'm guessing because we're going through the same. Hell yeah. yeah. No, I got to do the mix minus thing. Or I was thinking about this today because I, I think, you know, I'm a ponderer. Yeah. Everybody, everybody says that about me. I'm thinking if we could stick to some type of schedule, I think we could do all that through a live blog talk feed and everything should run through as an output into one computer. So that's show business on the show, but uh, I think we can pull it off. That's fancy. And we have a call-in number. So not, I mean, you'll never find a guest as good as me calling in, but if you found one, they could call in too. Well, I like it. Maybe they'll call in with some Larry's lemonade tips. Oh, I I don't know how many tips you need. Crack it, turn it upside down, and come up for air when it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe they could mix it with something, um, you know, where where it pairs well with certain foods. You know, kind of like a fine wine. I mean, you said yourself you're a real connoisseur. I am. Larry's is a fine lemonade. It, it, Why it, are we it talking is about lemonade, for God's sake? I was going to say, before we go to Dead Sled, uh, Mr. Flieger, what do you, what's your take on uh, Team USA going 0-2 before the Olympics? It's, it's unsurprising. I, I think we've reached the age where these guys just don't care, <laughs> even a little bit. You figure they generally, non-COVID, play 82 regular season games, and they care about approximately 37 of them. (laughs) And they'll dummy into other wins, and then they get those 37 when they have to have them. What I do like is Pop just, you know, talking to loudmouth jackass that he is, and he's offended that somebody would dare point out that it's probably not good that you're losing games to Nigeria when you have Dame Lillard and Kevin Durant on your team, so he can shut up. But they'll go to the Olympics, they'll have one game too close, get their buttholes tight, and then they'll run through everybody and win the, win the gold again. But it, it's hard to root for that group. I, I loved on the flip side of yours, I loved Popovich going off on him. That was great. Yeah, he's kind of a blowhard hippie like you. You would like him. <laughs> him and Pete Carroll were, were tight like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Nah, yeah, he can shut up. Go go smoke your pot and talk your politics and leave me alone. That's what I want from him. And on that note, we're going to do a live read with mr briggs indubitably oh i'm excited with our good friends at dead sled coffee i'm gonna need some dead sled coffee to sober up from from today well might i suggest mr flager that uh you look in look into the officially licensed elvira coffee we'd like to introduce you to one of our best blends yet and the mistress of the dark was the perfect one to team up with for this one the officially licensed elvira coffee is a high-quality blend of coffee originating from Bali, Colombia, Honduras, and Rwanda, grown at an elevation of 1,600 meters, which, in our language, is almost a mile, 52 over 5,200 feet. Roasting it to a deep French roast level creates delicious-tasting notes of baking chocolate, pleasant bitters, and a dark berry finish. So I tell you what. Get your officially licensed Elvira coffee at deadsled.com. Tell them Fligger Briggs sent you. Yay. See, I heard that one. <laughs> That's because it was me. <laughs> oh, good job. Yay. Okay, that's enough. Oh, okay. 
put that over. So, so, so what then is the theme of the show today? There's generally a theme. What's the theme? Well, it was being without you, but then you showed oh. up, so it just threw everything out of whack. And I have yeah. a haircut. Yeah. And what? And I have his haircut, so. Yeah, and he has a haircut, and you took Mitch with you. Yeah, I am excited about the haircut. What precipitated this decision? It was just too damn hot up here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I was working outside, and I had the long, greasy hair thing going. It looked like I was a non-professional wrestler, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Time to cut it. Speaking of wrestling, did you hear that Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff passed away yesterday? I did see that, At the that, age of 71. I guess he'd been battling cancer for about five or six years now, and... Uh, did not you know, know that. Came back the last year or so and really got him bad, and uh, he passed away. And I, you know, obviously one of, to me, he's one of the more overlooked heels. But I tell you what, that guy was damn good heel. He was he was mean. He was intense, built. He was a tough guy, and um, he was like one of those legit tough guys too. Yeah, wasn't he was. It? Yes, he was, and. Um, as a matter of fact, I think he was the one that beat up Adrian Adonis over something. I can't remember. But anyway, just a, um, you know, I can remember him from obviously the 80s and into the 90s with that WWE run. But, um, yeah, sad to see that. A lot of these big stars, obviously, with the with the age and everything, they're starting to pass away. But he actually had uh, some of the CTE symptoms as well. I, I don't have a lot of frame of reference. I'll tell you what, I can't remember a good few to his. I'm sure he had dozens, if not hundreds of them. But I do remember as a kid hating him. My, my knowledge of him, I was pretty young. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do you have a feud with Hogan or Ricky Steamboat or somebody? I remember I just could not stand him. Actually, I think he had a feud with both of them, Rick. He actually was – it was him, Roddy Piper, and I think Jesse the Body were yep. teamed up – at the first WrestleMania yeah. against Mr. T and like Hillbilly Jim and, and whatever. And yeah, I mean, and plus he had, you know, feuds with um, Hogan, I think. Didn't he have a long run with Ted DiBiase? It's very They possible. were together for a while, weren't they? I think that was like one of those yeah. heel turn. Well, a heel heel turn because I want to say he turned his back on. Oh, shit. Now I'm getting, I know Bobby the Brain managed him for a while. Now I'm going to get facts wrong, so this will be on the air. Yeah, we, we don't want this to be wrong here. But, no, just a, he he was a great heel, and, yeah, the, the man was always just magnificently built. And, and like Ollie Honder said, he was one of those legitimate tough guys, too. I mean, he he carried a lot of, you know, respect around with him. Here Here's the people that are associated, like Google says, people also search for. Don Marco, King Kong Bundy, Greg Valentine, Big John Stud. Yep, he's a tough guy. Yeah, legit. But Butler High School's own Big John Stud. Indeed. So just uh, another sad passing of of, of a sports figure, and seventy uh, one's a pretty good run for a pro wrestler. They don't seem to get that deep very often. No, I mean, considering, you know, with all the, you know, the steroids and, and the drug use and so forth back through the day, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's amazing he did make it that long. I did actually see a picture of him, obviously pretty recently, and I mean it had tore him up. He just didn't just look like a shell of himself, obviously. But uh, yeah, have so- you seen some of the recent documentaries? Lex Luger, they seem to talk about him a lot. My God, I mean, I, I know I, I forget exactly what it is. He'd been going through, but my God, I mean, he he's just frail he's, and skinny. It's weird. Yeah, he's like a tooth. But now, is he still in a wheelchair? Or might be now. I can't remember. He's got one of those bad long term diseases. I can't remember. I should remember. He, he he's been kind of like the he was in the Macho Man one on A and E, and there was another one he was prominently featured in and talked to him a lot. And I, he looked awful. He had a spinal infarction. That doesn't sound good. Spinal anything is not good. Yeah, he was uh, temporarily paralyzed. I think he's actually out of the wheelchair now. Well, that's good. Yeah, but, but like all... you said, there, there's nope, a lot. Nope, Nick's that 2021 officially became completely dependent on the wheelchair. Oh, wow. He's not all that old. He's got to be, what, 58, 55, 60, something in that neighborhood. How far away, Rick, until we have to put in a ramp in the studio for you? For me or Briggs? For well, you, obviously. I'm in Briggs. my prime, so, I mean, oh, God. it's got to be for you. This might be a good definition, a good time for you to give a hard definition of what prime means to you. Julio Jones, not prime. Rick Briggs, yeah, no. prime. Yeah, Julio Jones is on the, the end of his prime, but but somehow Rick Briggs is slap in the middle of it. Well, it's a special prime. We've already discussed that <laughs> on previous shows. So so let's just get away from that. We we know You can't use that title again. Have you come up with the name of the episode? I know Finkelstein has admitted it's not as easy as it looks. Actually I don't think we have one yet, so we gotta T O P L E S S might be a good one, but you gotta put the dashes in there. Yeah, that actually might be. And then at the end, dash Travis Tritt via internet. <laughs> well, now you're just mocking me, and I don't I don't appreciate it. But it is fun. Show title. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys just wander through life in this drunken haze all the time. I don't think I could do it all the time. Two or three weeks a year, it's nice. But, man, it, it's exhausting. Well, being sitting here drinking Gatorade and being kind of like on your side of the fence, I can see where it is tiring. After listening to you for the last half hour, it's really monotonous. See, I do think we need a further deep dive. You seem unwilling to be honest right now, but we we need to do a deep dive behind the music kind of breakdown of why all of a sudden you're a drunk everywhere but in the studio. Maybe it could be a, a an Asylum Studio exclusive documentary. All right, that, that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's it. Flieger, I'm I'm going to get hell for this, but I'm going to pull the curtain back, and I'm going to let you in on a secret before the show. Oh, okay. Briggs pulled up his shirt, and he is rocking a solid four-pack now. I think he is legit hitting the weight room. And that's oh, why. You- yeah. Yeah, he's in, he's getting into his second prime. Uh, it's cut him up season for Rick Briggs. I get it. He's working on that speedo body. Before you know it, I'll look like the uh, the the motor the Black Widow leader in every which way but loose. You Correct. Know? Yeah. <laughs> a 
reference. So we have already it. talked about the open. We've already talked about Ben, which you didn't want to talk about. Uh, we talked about the Scott Fishbowl draft, which you have no clue of who, who you even picked. Um, Alejandro haircut, and we've sold some coffee. And, I mean, there's just not a lot out there right now unless you can come up with something because you've thrown everything I put out there off track. It's it's kind of what I do. I, I called in today simply to derail the show, and, and I think it's worked well, although I think it's Yay! been entertaining. I think we lost. I think it's been entertaining. Anytime you can get the talent involved and to think, think about what you two dummies have accomplished today. You got the talent as a special calling guest on your broke dick podcast today. Whilst on vacation at that. Mm -hmm. You got to hear the Larry's to Yingling transition. The thing is though, that, that was the, that was the problem. I had to postpone, uh, Jim Brown, Bernie Nichols, Bo Jackson, and Bo Jackson to get you on tonight. Oh, do you think we can get Bo Jackson? I like Bo Jackson. That'd be awesome. Well, Bo knows. <laughs> Bo knows. I, I had two posters in my locker in high school. It was the Bo Jackson one where he had the the shoulder pads on and the in the bat over his shoulder. I'm sure Finkelstein remembers that. Oh, one. I know that one. And then the L. McPherson with the uh, wearing like the black uh, leather vest. You remember that one? Yes. Oh. Leather jacket. Those were the two. Uh, those, those, yep. Those were the two posters I had in my high school locker. Do you know what happened 50 years ago today, Mr. Flieger? Um, in the world of sports. You turned 37 years old. It's not my birthday. Oh. <laughs> Fifty years ago today, it's got to be All Star Game related. Pete Rose ran over that catcher that everybody still talks about. No, that wasn't that. Ray Fossey. No, that's the wrong All Star Game. But Reggie Jackson hit a home run out of Tiger Stadium off of Pittsburgh's own Doc Ellis, who was not high on LSD at that time. Right. We don't know that. Well, there would be a documentary. No, there was actually a story going around that he was drinking screwdrivers that <laughs> night. <laughs> well, that's just a healthy breakfast drink. <laughs> well, apparently it's a, it's an all star drink too. That, that that's a uh, that's a good breakfast drink. He, he's all right there. From LSD to that, I think you call that a win. If Nutting didn't get the money, I would buy a Doc Ellis jersey. <laughs> that loser would get the money. Doc Ellis, I, I remember him well. I remember those those teams, you know, through the seventies. What a, what a cast of characters! But I, I I'm so bummed that I missed that. Like I got Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, and Andy Van Slyke, right? Which I, I'm thankful for. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the Roberto <laughs> Clemente's, the Willie Stargells, the well, of course, Doc Ellis, Al Oliver, uh, Rennie Stennett, Manny Sanguian, just, you know, I mean, just, just what a care. I mean, you know, Manny Sanguian couldn't even speak English at the time. And he, he'd go out to the mound and talk to the pitchers. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Yeah. My lasting memory of Sanguian was, remember, he had that restaurant out on the left field terrace in yep. PNC Park. 
And he would sit out there every night, 82 times, and thank everyone personally who bought food there. Every single one, every single time, without fail. And he would sign 53 things if you put it in front of him. Whatever it was, he didn't care. And Willie Stargell had a chain of uh, fried chicken restaurants, and they used to have a program. It was called Chicken on the Hill with Will. Every time he hit a home run, which was quite frequently in yeah, those he, days, he kind of made a habit of that. Everybody <laughs> that was in the restaurant got their food for free. Wow, <laughs> nice. So yeah, I mean, and that was that was a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, it was it was just it was a good time, and you knew they were always going to be competitive. So I guess that made it a lot more fun than hot dog day at Heinz Field. Right. Yeah. I do like Finkelstein brings up Andy Van Slyke. My favorite memory of Andy Van Slyke has very little to do with him, but uh, I always like this story. So, so I'm the oldest of four. The younger brother, he's like 10, 12 years younger than me. He doesn't count. So there was me. I'm the oldest. And then a sister two years younger and a sister two years younger than that. And as I'm sure you won't be surprised, the sister two years younger than me is a pastor. You know, obviously, when you talk to me, (laughs) we're a godly people. However, the one two years under, you know, it's going to be hard for you to fathom, you know, with the intelligence that I have, but but she, she less so, I guess we could say. And I can remember we were young kids, and Andy Van Slyke made that famous diving catch. I think I think it was in Houston, if I remember right. It's still on all the on all the highlights packages from that era, and they just replayed it over and over and over again. And my sister, not the pastor, the dumb one, she looks up at my dad <laughs> at one point and says, "Dad, how does he keep doing that?" And for whatever reason, I'll remember that the rest of my life. So. Is that the one that he broke his collarbone? One of the times he broke his collarbone? Could have been. I mean, it was, I think it's only famous because remember in those days, KDKA would only play road games and only about one right. out of four then. Right. Yeah. You know, there wasn't any KBL or whatever. The, I mean, it was nothing. You maybe got 20 games a year and that was one of the TV games. And so it was appointment TV back then. <laughs> so was, I, I want to say it was in Houston. So I, this I was a right. sister that tutored you, correct? <laughs> So, uh, I'm, I'm the brain, like this podcast, I am the brains of the Flieger operation. So I got to tell you, Andy Van Slake was my god growing up. I always tried to get number 18 playing baseball. Like, I I tried to be a lefty because he was a lefty. Obviously, that didn't work. Um, my My biggest memory from him was on mother's day my dad got tickets for he and i to go to the game not my mom because at that point they were split so we go to the game takes a woman to a baseball game god (laughs) so we go to the game we're hanging out by the uh, player parking area andy van slate comes out at this point i knew he drove a black porsche i'm standing by the black porsche he comes over and he signs like five autographs. He goes to get into the car. My dad looks over and goes, Hey, we've been standing here for an hour. Why don't you, uh, you know, help out these kids and sign a ball or something. <laughs> Andy Van like turns around, stares down my dad, comes over to me, signs my ball, tosses it up to me and goes, have a good day and leaves. My dad's like that. Such a wonderful su- <laughs> human being. 
And Sign I, little Alejandro's yeah. ball. <laughs> so, the whole drive back, I'm telling my dad, I'm like, oh, I'm sure, like, because it's Mother's Day, like, he's going to be with his wife. <laughs> and all this, my dad's like, yeah, he's just an a-hole. Ru- ruins your image of your hero. No, no, I stuck up for him the whole time. <laughs> Loyal to a fault. That's me. Well, I, I have to tell you, as the talent on a, a noted podcast, the, the autograph requests get exhausting. So so I, I side with Andy there. Hey, but good news, guys. I don't know if you can hear this or not, but... Yeah, we, oh. we can hear it. However, you know, with that Yay. in mind, we probably, since you should be eating, we probably should sell some food from the chop shop. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, fellas. I, I need to give you a chance to bungle it up. I have saved at least half of this episode. I will drop off here. You sell some of those delicious, delicious poutine, please. I'll let you finish the show so I have something to fact check and mock you for when I get back next week. That is assuming I come back. Well, okay, and you enjoy the rest of your vacation, and we're going to uh, finish the show without you, so bye, whore. <laughs> Good. Bye, whores. Nice job. You beat me to it. That is, that is yay him for that. Yay. All right, fellas, later. Bye. See ya. All right, so with that, we're going to throw it to our friends at the Chop Shop. And if you get a chance, go down, get some good grub, tell Billiam we sent you. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, the Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep. They even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com, or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. Still raining. I mean to tell you. This just in, Mr. Briggs. It is raining, and uh, there's cats and dogs. There are cats uh, and a cow and a cow. Uh-oh. It's it's the whole farm. So anyway, welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. So get yourself down to the chop shop with Butler. Can you sell some poutine? I, I've been waiting on some of that. I, I just... I never can pull the trigger. I, I have to get some of that. So now that Briggs is, or now that Briggs, now that Flieger is away, and I'm gonna guess that he is not gonna go back and fact check this because he was on this episode. Why would he? Right? He wouldn't fact check himself. It's hard to say. To get gets enough booze in him, he ain't got nothing else to do. That's fair. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a guest that specializes in poutine next week. Oh. Not sure if in studio, but we might have poutine next week. Well, that would be a wonderful guest. And now that now the football season's coming in, and we're getting if I can, if we just get him off the vacation trail and back, you know, into some sort of schedule, maybe we can and we can get on and have some call ins. Then we can start having some guests ourselves. 
which we used to be known for great guests of note, I must say. So what are you doing over there? I'm just fiddle-faddling around, trying to get a appropriate song queued up for the close. You know, doing what I do. <laughs> However, uh, I'm pretty sure July 27th, because it is camp day, and um, it's also show day, we are hopefully having a call-in guest, the one and only Mike T., from Dead Slide Coffee. So not only um, can we uh, have somebody, a sponsor, do a little bit of insight on the brand. Uh, Mike T's huge New York Giants fan. Uh, give us some outside perspective on the Giants. Uh, he's a big fantasy guy and also a big UFC guy. So if we want to bring up any UFC stuff, maybe revisit... Conor McGregor's bad ankle and trash talking. Yeah, and Greg Hardy getting his ass whooped. Yeah. In one minute and seven seconds. Now, we were talking before we went on air, um, you know, about the sensation in baseball right now. I do believe I know who you're talking about. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Versus Babe Ruth. Say that, the, say that again. It, it, it reminds you of. Otani. It reminds me of Peanut. There you go. Jeff Dunham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, let, let's bear in mind before we start comparing him to Babe Ruth, and, and quite frankly, the kid's amazing. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. But Babe Ruth pitched for the first eight years, well, actually about the first six years of his career, full time. And was what one uh, let's see where is his one in laws he had a 671 win percentage i'm trying to look at it all oh, 94 and 46 overall that's and not bad no that's not too shabby at all 2.28 era definitely not bad not bad at all now people will argue that that was the dead ball era and, and this man also went out and hit 714 home runs in the dead ball era. And to the people that bring up the dead ball era, I will point out that he had a 575-foot verified home run and a 587-foot unverified home run. Yeah. So I, to Hades with dead ball, the man was a god. Per yeah, the, I mean, I, I just... I, don't want to hear about a dead ball era when you're talking between 1920 and 1930. His home run totals were 54, 59, 35, 41, 46, 25. He only played in 98 games. 47, 60, 54, 46, 49, 46. Those are some dead balls. Those are some dead balls. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to flip the script on you, though. Shohei. <laughs> yeah. So Shohei, for considering the era. Yeah. We're talking juiced balls. We're talking spider tack. We're talking games. What does spider tack actually do for a hitter? It doesn't do anything for the hitter. It's the it pitchers. does for the pitcher, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
I, I guess I was getting. Do you remember the George Brett incident? You probably don't remember yes. that, do you? Yeah. When he too much pine tar on his bat. Well, what does that do to a for a hitter? Nothing. If, if I remember correctly, the issue was the pine tar being above a certain spot. Right. It hardens the bat and makes the ball jump off of it more. So, launch angle. There right. you go. But, Air but yards. Have, but we have spider Toronto. And, yeah, Toronto. <laughs> anyway, go get back to your point. So Shohei, on days that he is not pitching, right, is just crushing the ball. Right. He's and a it, designated hitter. Yep. Right. And in this era where you either hit home runs or you strike out, he has a what is it? 693 slugging percentage, 279 average, which I grew up in an era where if you weren't a 300 hitter, you were, you know. What is his slugging percentage right now? Uh, 693. Uh, not this year for the his average, I believe. Okay, for his career average. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, Babe Ruth was 690. So, yeah. I mean, we're right there. And, of course, that was, you know. The last two or three years of his career, he was way below that. Right, right. So this is, like I said, me flipping the script. As much as I love Babe Ruth, I think it's actually pretty impressive what Shohei's doing. Oh, it's it's extremely impressive. I I mean, you can't – when you have somebody that in any era – and that was always my biggest argument when people talk about, well – you know, you bring somebody from the old days. He he couldn't compete today. It does. You don't have to be. You know, nobody's the greatest of all time. It's always of your time right. because everything is relative, improves, gets bigger, smaller, whatever the case may be. But if you are a standout today, you know, or in the present in your sport or whatever it is, you're pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, so Shohei is putting up 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Right. That's impressive right now. Of course it is. For somebody that's also got 33 home runs on the year. Yeah. Like, it's, I can't think of anybody that's done anything remotely close to this while I've been on this earth. No, because there's never been a pitcher that you know, double dutied since the designated hitter days. I'm trying to remember. They're they're actually he was in the NL and I cannot remember who it was. It was I wanna say early two thousands. It was a pitcher that had like four home runs in a season. Like he was actually a decent hitter. Oh yeah. Well I, I remember Bob Gibson used to hit a few home runs yeah. here and there. But not 33. They didn't have him pinch hit for anybody. Right. And obviously they didn't have the designated hitter back in those days. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just – I've never seen anybody do what he's doing, quite frankly. Yeah, he, he he is definitely something special. And to go into the home run derby last night and, like, the guys that are regular hitters that are just in awe of what he's doing is kind of impressive, I think. There's no doubt about that. And – it's it's good for baseball, but <laughs> despite what Stephen A. Smith says, <laughs> wow, <laughs> him 
Colin Cowherd. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, they say the most ridiculous things for clicks and retweets and whatever the case may be, you know, listens on their podcast so people can tweet, you know, take a clip of it and put it on Twitter and say, this guy's ridiculous. Blah, blah. They're getting what they want. Unpopular opinion, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there there is actually one going into the 4th of July weekend, Independence Day weekend. Um, there was a guy, uh, I think it was the New York Post, Fligger will probably call me out on this, um, that went on this big diatribe of how anything you can do on a grill, you can do better in a kitchen, and that grills are disgusting and we need to just get rid of them. I'm like, really? Really? You're you're going to put that article out now? Well, maybe you should have tweeted it out and put, and there's no debate on this or something like that <laughs> well, nature. Well, he actually oh, and, and he tweeted told, it. This is just between me and you, so don't tell Flieger. I won't. You know, most of my tweets, especially the last couple of weeks, are for his benefit. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it for the show. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. But yeah, it's, it's that negative click. It's let's ruffle feathers and get subscriptions and comments and it's that algorithm bullshit. You know? It's look, it is journalism since it began. The more dirt, the more negativity, the more people read it. Speaking of home run hitters and movies and all that fun stuff, you've seen the natural, right? Yes. Robert Redford. Right. Correct. Yes. And Robert Duvall's character in there is the journalist, right? Spot on. Yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna write the dirtiest thing I can possibly write. Right. Yeah. Is it me or is Robert Duvall overlooked when people talk about like you know the you know some of the greatest actors? Because you 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 hear the Cary Grants, the John Waynes, the Clint Eastwoods, you know. Whatever, but you know nobody. Robert De Niro, even, but yeah. nobody really throws around Robert Duvall. That guy has been in so many great roles and played them to perfection. Yeah. Uh, so, I would say deaf. Well, not deaf ears, but I hold him in like very high regard. Oh, me too. Uh, like I said, The Natural, um, Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse Now, both Godfathers. But, um. Oh, shoot, I just lost another good one. But uh, did you ever see The Judge? Yes, yes. It's so good. It was a great movie. I saw it just two or three weeks ago. Well, well, um, He was in True Grit. He that's was, it. With yep. John Wayne. He was in Joe Kidd with Clint Eastwood. What was the he one? He was in Sling Blade. Sling Blade. What was the one he was in with Kevin Costner? Yes, Open were? Range. There you go. Yes, Amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, this guy is just such a great actor. The judge was excellent. I'd never seen that before up until about two or three weeks ago. It, it's for the listeners. It might be a one watch, but highly recommend it. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. Yeah, yep. A just amazing performance by both, and that was when Robert Downey Jr. was pretty much only known for being Iron Man at that point. Yeah, That's ever since it, his drug-induced problems yeah. from being one of the Brat Pack back in the 80s. Did you ever see him in Chaplin? No. That was a great movie. He did really, really well in that. Never saw that. He's a good, he's a good actor, yeah. no doubt. I recommend it. But Yeah, Robert Duvall, the judge, 
Check it out. And pretty much any other movie he's in. Exactly. Was he in Lonesome Dove? Yes. Yes, he was. Yes, another one I had forgotten about, Lonesome Dove. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, The Godfather, he was just that perfect, almost in-the-background character, but carried a lot of weight, you know. Days of Thunder. Days of of Thunder. (laughs) All right, on that note, thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Briggs with my esteemed partner here, Alejandro Finkelstein. Flieger will be back next week, hopefully sober and uh, not being slurring and calling himself the talent. And, you know. He got a taste of it. He's liking it. Not probably. (laughs) I got a feeling he's going to be sloshed from here on out. But, um, yeah, stay tuned next week. You can... uh, for God knows what on Chaos and Disorder, but the Asylum Fantasy Football Show is coming back. They're going week. to be pulling double duty. So uh, listen I'm, for both. I'm going to have to be here early. Indeed. So yeah. take care. Going to go out with something a little bit different that goes with the weather tonight. Don't know if you know Cody Jinx or not, but you should. Yes. all insane you ain't never gonna be the same living life through the night then line of lightning strike sometimes the only light when the moon is tucked away the camera capture all the things that make us turn from what we see it's always ruling Stop rolling. I haven't slept in three damn days. Yeah, but who needs that anyway? Loud thunder, heavy rains, thin line between joy and pain. It's a long, strange trip. It's all insane. That's a special earworm for Mrs. Finkelstein. Hasta luego.